This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Greetings and welcome to A Game of Two Halves, a sports podcast by The Straits Times. I'm Shamir Osman and today chatting with me in the studio is Wang Ming Ming, my colleague from the sports desk. We're going to be addressing the issue of Liverpool versus Manchester United, a 3-1 win for Liverpool over there, and Vietnam's success at the AFF Suzuki Cup. Let's dive right into it. Ming, Liverpool 3, Manchester United 1. It sounds a little bit silly to say this, but is this a fair result? I mean, you look at the stats. Liverpool had 36 shots and United had 6. I mean, it's fair to say that Liverpool won because they tried harder. I mean, even though you know two of the goals were deflected, basically in football, you have to make your own luck. And Shakiri took his shots and you know he got his reward. Whereas United, has look, did Lukaku take any shot? <laughs> that is a very good recall. question. Yeah. Seems like the Liverpool defence had him in the pocket over there, actually. Now, the stats don't lie, right? Numbers don't make for good reading for United. Yes. But like you said, 36 shots for yeah. Liverpool, only 6 for United. Was this like a complete domination? If Liverpool had that 4 or 5 more shots than United, maybe you can say, oh, it's a very even game or what. But when Liverpool have 30 shots more than United, it looks quite scary. You know? I mean, they're supposed to be pretty evenly matched. You know, If you look at the squad, both have very, very good players from defence to attack. But why is United so shy in front of goal and you know, not productive at all? And they have this man mountain in, up front but not taking his chances and not getting any service. So something is fundamentally very wrong with United. That is really the question, isn't it? Yeah. What what now is wrong with United? In the post-match press conference, Mourinho came out to say that, oh, he doesn't have the players of the physicality of Liverpool, mm-hmm. players who can play with that kind of intensity. But seriously, with the kind of kitty he's got to buy players and the kind of players he's already got in his squad, that sounds like a... I don't really like to use the H word, but it's mm-hmm. a bit hypocritical of Jose to say this, you know, because you talk about physicality, he has Lukaku, who is huge, you know, who can easily take on Van Dijk and uh, Lovren. And you have this nasty little guy, Anders Herrera, mm-hmm. who's you know pretty good at chopping at people's ankles. So they don't have a shortage of physical players. Even players like Lingard, you know, who may not be the biggest, but you know, he, he, he's up for a fight anytime, you know. But it just seems that you know, Mourinho can't motivate them to go up a higher notch. Okay, it seems like excuses to me. I yes. mean, with a squad bought for that kind of money with Paul Pogba on the bench, obviously. Now, the questions must come back to Mourinho. It must come back to Mourinho. Is he just ruining United with, with what looks like poor man management? Seriously, I think only Mourinho has the answers. I mean, for the past couple of seasons, a lot of the things he's been doing is very puzzling and very un Mourinho like. Because you know, earlier in his career, you know, he made a name for himself at Porto, you know, um, bringing the best out of this group of players who are not so famous. And he won the Champions League in 2004. It was sensational. A great it was story, sensational. Then he was fantastic at Chelsea. He built a very, very tough team to beat. And that team, you know, the core of that team, you know, John Terry, Frank Lampard, they, they lasted more than a decade. And Drogba. Yeah. He was a monster And he took over Inter Milan, who were struggling for decades, and you know, turned them into European champions. And after that, his stock just went down at Real Madrid, you know, where he couldn't manage all these superstars. Is that and, it? Is that the real question? He can't manage superstar players? No, but after he became big time, you know, mm-hmm. he became a manager that's known for buying and he usually gets it right. But at United, the players he wanted, he got it. No, he wanted Eric Bailly, he got Eric Bailly. He wanted Lindelof, he got Lindelof. And now he's complaining that these two are not good enough. So something is very strange down there. Yeah, I think we've got to draw a little bit of comparison here to Sir Alex Ferguson. And I quite like what he did with Eric Cantona. At that time, you, mm. you can't really see it, right? You think, oh, United got lucky with Eric Cantona. They got lucky with Ronaldo. They mm. got lucky with Van Nistelrooy and a lot mm. of them. Roy Keane even. But now, after Fergie's time has passed, you look back and you think, how in the world did he manage those sort of personalities? Yeah, I think apart from Roy Keane, who I think has totally fallen out with Fergie, I think the rest do speak glowingly of Fergie. 
Yeah, like Beckham, you know, people like Beckham, Van Nistelrooy, I think they still love and respect him. But I don't think Pogba will be, you know, sending him Christmas cards or, you know, no uh, chance. Uh, WhatsApping him anytime soon. Huh? Now, Iker Casillas came out in the, in the press yeah. recently. Well, yesterday, I think, just to kind of rub it into mm. Mourinho's face. He said, oh, you know, you press so great at telling me when my time is over. Mm. I was 37, my time is over. And when exactly is a manager's time over? Think, when do you judge that? I think when he starts losing it. When I mean, right now, you can see that he's, he's lost the respect of his players. And... I'm afraid that maybe the next job for him is going to be further down the league table. <laughs> but the real question is, can spirit and teamwork and a healthy dressing room, can that win you games over tactical ability, technical ability of quality players? I mean, of course. I mean, over the years, there are so many examples of teams that are motivated, but maybe not so good on paper, but extremely motivated and that, you know, they, they can go all the way. I mean, you just look at Liverpool in 2005, you know. Come on, man. I mean, uh, Jimmy Traore, you know, you you, won, you win the Champions League with Jimmy Traore and you look at AC Milan, Maldini, Kaká. You know? oh, that was a, one, a hell of yeah, a game. Andrea though, Pelo, you know, Gattuso, you know, and, and we have Jimmy Traore and uh, a half-fit Harry Kewell and Jesse Dudek. It shows that it's basically how much do you want it, you know. And the players that really want it more will win, you know. We don't have to go so far, though. Let's have a look at the AFF Suzuki Cup yes. and, and the Singapore national team. It seems that by sheer power of personality alone, mm. Fundy lifted his boys. Is that how you saw it too? Uh, yeah, I think the great thing about Fundy was not only he brought the team together, he brought everyone on the fringes of the team, the officials, the FA, the media, the fans, you know, everybody bought into it. They were supporting Fundy and personally, I travelled with the team and I think there were nice little touches. Fundy made sure that you know, there was transport for the media and you know, so oh, we can nice. follow them. So we don't yeah. often get that courtesy. Yes. So we travelled with the team. I mean, he really walked the talk, like nobody gets left behind and, he, and then we even get transport to the airport <laughs> on the way out of Bacolod City. You know? At the airport, we have coffee together. You know? So, I mean, that all really kind of added up to the atmosphere and you know, at press conferences, you know, he'll make it a point to engage you on the sidelines. You know? So when I was in Bangkok, because the media have a very frosty relationship with their coach. Oh, indeed they do. Yeah. So, uh, they were pretty envious of when they saw Fundy talking to me on the sidelines and uh, one of them even came up to me and said, damn, how I wish I took a picture with Fundy because that's how much respect he has for Fundy even though he's a Thai journalist. Uh, respect. Respect. Yes. Respect. Remember that conversation yeah, Mourinho had? Yeah, we go back to Jose again. No? Uh, that kind of positivity is completely lacking in United and yeah. let's do this briefly. Yeah. What comes next for Man United? Are they going to slip right down that spiral and into oblivion like Liverpool in the 90s maybe? Okay, so we're in December, right? So what, what comes next is January. January means transfer window and I can bet that Josie will be making noise. I want this player, I want that player. Oh, are you backing me? You know, Are you, are you going to show me the money? You know, It's going to come to a hit at Old Trafford. So the management has to decide you know, whether to back him or not. And if they don't back him, we shall see. You know, either Josie will be forced out or you know he'll be sacked because he's making too many comments in the press. It's halftime here in the Game of Two Halves. Do subscribe to us on Apple's Podcast app or on Google Podcasts or even on Spotify. Do like us and give us a rating. You know you're enjoying this. Now, in the second half of a Game of Two Halves, we're going to turn our attention to Vietnam in the Suzuki Cup. We just spoke about the impact a manager and positivity can have on a team. What are your thoughts on Vietnam coach Park Hang-seo, who just led his team to glory in the AFF Suzuki Cup? This coach Park is fascinating to me, you know. I just read uh, reports in, from Vietnam. They say that uh, the kind of impact he has on not just the team, but the nation of Vietnam. You know? And he single-handedly kind of became like a goodwill ambassador of, of South Korea to the country. They're all uh, carrying Korean flags. If you look around the yes, stadiums, you yes. can see so it's many. It's not just the flying of flags. He's, he's a boost to the Korean economy. And I have some figures. Huh? 
after the AFF Cup, they did some stats. So this Korean bank in Vietnam, the profits rose by 57.9%. No, 57%. That's insane. Yeah. And this Korean energy drink called Bakus, they sold 2.8 million cans. And Samsung 65-inch TV sales have doubled. <laughs> amazing, it's him, amazing. They should make him ambassador to Vietnam, clearly. Of course yeah, he is, or right? minister for trade industry <laughs> or whatever. But his record speaks for itself. Since he got appointed last year, and it's been a series of breakthrough after breakthrough. So it started first with the AFC Under-23, mm-hmm. where they finished second. Which Vietnam is, lost their minds in that final. Yeah, it's no mean feat because you're talking about taking on the cream of Asia, you know, the Japan, Korea, Iran. And in the Asian Games, they finished fourth. And they qualify for the Asian Cup in January. And of course, they won the AFF Cup. Is it, is it a case of a golden generation of Vietnamese players? Or do you think he's actually built something, made the team believe? I don't know. What do okay, you... so his group of core players have retired. Players like Le Convin, their record scorer. So the next best thing he could do is focus on youth. And he gave total trust to the youth, which is something like what Fandi did. But because Vietnam, they, they really do have a concerted effort at the grassroots you know, to develop football. And so they have a very solid batch of players. And he just harnessed that and united them. And the results spoke for itself. Well, let's look at the football during the AFF Suzuki mm-hmm. Cup. In fact, this Vietnam team has been criticised a couple of times for being overly defensive, overly compact, when they, in actual fact, can go out and play football because they've got mm-hmm. players who can do that. What I like about them is they do have a balance. When you talk about defensive, I mean, Malaysia were... Pretty physical and I mean a lot kicks and elbows. And yes, there were a lot of very very sly things happening. Mm-hmm. You know? But Vietnam, they were up for it. They could handle themselves. They gave as much as they got. Yes, in yes. In fact, I think in the second league of the final, the first two or three yellow cards all were from Vietnam side, mm-hmm. and they showed that they can handle it against more experienced, more physical opponents. And plus the fact that their natural instinct is to attack. You know, just so you have this wonderful blend. On they can be physical and they can play entertaining football. Now, Malaysia did themselves proud though. I mean, with the squad that yes. they had, there were many who didn't expect them to go as far as they did. Yeah. In fact, many expect them to crash out like Singapore did. But Malaysia did themselves proud. Thailand played without loads of their star players. Mm. And now Vietnam seems to be like they're growing from strength to strength. Mm. Where does that leave us? I think the next step is to see more and more Southeast Asia players playing in better leagues. So Thailand have taken that step. So Chanatip is now a very, very big star in Sapporo. Oh, he's player of the year. He's player of the year at Sapporo. Of the year, yeah. yeah, and I think the club has US $6 million buyout clause oh, on him. Wow. Tirasin Dangda is scoring a lot of goals in Hiroshima. And the left-back Tiraton, he's uh, first choice at Vissel Kobe. And don't forget Vissel Kobe, Andres Iniesta and uh, oh, Lucas Podolski. What a dream that is, right? Yeah, to play alongside David Villa next season. So it's fantastic. I saw Tiraton's first game. With his first corner, he created a goal. <laughs> and the next free kick, which Podolski had the ball, he mm-hmm. gave the ball to Tiraton. Please, take the free kick. <laughs> so it's really quite a moment. Oh, what a respect that is, yes. man. World Cup winner. Yeah, so uh, how I Singapore? Wish, yeah. Singapore, how? How are we going to go? we got to venture further than just Thailand or Malaysia or Indonesia. Really fight that homesickness. Please go and don't come back, you know. I mean, <laughs> and I mean it in a nice way. Yeah, please go there and fight homesickness. Just plan off like that. Well, locally, we still have quite a long way to go, don't we? I mean, we need to fix our broken pipeline of talent yes. clearly. Mm. Hopefully in the next couple of years, because now we have Active SG and it seems like this new FAS is quite geared up towards producing more young players. But it won't be immediate, you know, it, it, it will take time. Oh, it will take loads of time. I mean, yeah, it, but it does seem I weird. really do hope when the next opportunity arises, the local player don't he will leave us for a few years. So, and, grab uh, that opportunity and go. Yeah, I agree just grab that. it because all these things don't come often. And when you give an icon, a role model, right? Someone who goes to, I mean, I don't know, Portugal, Belgium, mm. maybe. You go there, you plant the flag there. 
And all these kids are going to look up to you and say, oh, look, yeah. you're a Singaporean. I can do that. It's a Joseph schooling effect now, isn't it? Yes, yes. I mean, it can be vice versa no? because I've seen the Japanese TV station NHK. They, go, they are going to Bangkok to do TV programs because of China Tip. They went to his hometown. They interview kids. You know, they oh, interview wow. his parents. So it's a two-way thing because and there are tour groups going to Sapporo to watch Sapporo games. Oh, for sure. That for yeah, sure will so, happen. I mean, and sales of shirts, I, yeah, I imagine. And South Korea and Vietnam, you know. That's right. It's really a two-way thing, but of course, we need that Singaporean guy to grab the chance with both hands and not let go. The dream, of course, Adam Sawandi came close to, yeah. went for a trial with Albrecht Nagata. We mm. had Anders Eplin and mm. Matsumoto Yamaga. Mm. Didn't really make an impact, unfortunately, but well, the efforts are there. Yeah, the boys are trying. If you Google, there's actually a picture of a very young Fundy at, uh, on trial at IX, and next to him was a very young player. And Fundy has always said that it was his... his to his eternal regret that he didn't take the Ajax offer because I think he was homesick. Oh, that was the time of Marco Van Basten. Yes, and, and the young player next to him was Marco Van Basten. Ooh. Yeah, so How amazing would that have been? What, yes, I mean, it's just one of those sliding doors moments. You know, like, could have been, should have been. But here we are, 30 years later, still <laughs> talking about this. <laughs> well, Fandi's well, goal against Inter is still on YouTube. If you Yeah, it's still on YouTube. Then uh, a couple of years ago, he went back to Groningen. I know, this was great. Yeah, and there great was fantastic scenes. reception and it's on the Hall of Fame. I really hope to see much more things like that. But you know what I really like to do? I really like to stop talking about Fandi Ahmad and V. Sindramuti as players. I really would like that. I mean, this is terrible. These are players when I was growing up, when I was Mm. a child and I had a photo of a cutout of Sundram's bicycle kick on my (laughs) Mm. file, right? Mm. Why am I still talking about these guys as role models? Where are the next guys coming through? This is our problem, I think. Yeah, so we need that first Singaporean guy to go overseas to ignite that dream and to inspire the future generations. Well, Vietnam are continuing to inspire football in their country. Last thoughts on this. January, Asian Cup, they're going to face Iraq. Iran and Yemen, how do you think they will fly Southeast Asia's flag at that tournament? I think, first of all, by reaching the Asian Cup is already a victory for Vietnam. I mean, Iraq, Iran is not, not easy at all. So I think what they can do is to show their fighting qualities. And if they are to go down, I hope they go down fighting with all guns blazing. I'm sure they will. Yeah, and that will be a pretty good advertisement for Southeast Asia football. And on that note, there's the final whistle bringing close to a game of two halves. Thanks, Ming Ming. If you enjoyed the episode as much as we did, do subscribe to our Apple Podcast or Google Podcast or even on Spotify. You know you like us. That was an SPH podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcasts at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstimes.com and bt.sg.